This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck Today Check podcast. Today is going to be a mindset episode. Uh, haven't done one of these for you guys in a little while, so we kind of thought it was time to get back into them and have a good one for you today. So today we are going to be talking about scarcity mindsets and how having a scarcity mindset is likely killing your business. Um, this might make you feel all kinds of different ways, but it's, I think it's important to take a really good, like hard look at this, identify if maybe you have some of these, um, things going on in your own head. I feel like most of us have a little bit of a scarcity mindset when it comes to something in our lives, right? Um, it doesn't really matter how we were raised. Most, most of us experience some kind of scarcity, uh, along the way at some point. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background on like how I grew up. So hopefully this whole thing will make a little bit more sense to you guys. So when I was very young, my sister was just born. So I was probably like, three and a half, maybe four. Uh, my parents, we had been living in like a townhouse prior to this and they found a house to purchase, um, out in the middle of nowhere. It was like on a dirt road and the house that they bought had been abandoned for quite some time. So they purchased the house. They did like all of the work themselves. They like gutted the interior, replaced everything, um, down to like the carpet pads, like all of that stuff. Uh, they cleaned it up and then made it livable and we moved in. Um, my dad has always worked from the time he was, you know, in high school, um, sometimes working like three jobs at once just to make ends meet. And so my mom could stay home with my sister and I, um, and spend time with us and raise us and make sure, you know, everything was good to go at home. Um, my mom is very, very good at budgeting. Um, she's very good at making sure that the important things have always been covered for our family, like, you know, food, having a house, electricity, you know, all of the necessities. Um, there were definitely times when I was growing up though, that, you know, there wasn't anything left over. There was no extra. So the, the basics were covered. Um, and then that was pretty much it. Like we had, you know, some clothes to wear, we had food to eat, the house was heated and, you know, that's kind of like it. Um, I've definitely heard no, you know, no, we can't, you know, we can't get that right now. Like we can't buy that right now. You know, maybe some other time, uh, more than, you know, a few times in my life. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just how it was. It wasn't always this way. Like as we were growing up, my dad changed jobs a couple of times and then, um, you know, we ended up doing, we ended up doing okay for ourselves, you know? Um, but during these like harder years, these tougher years, my mom really like focused on making sure that they stuck to a budget. She would shop, you know, sales. Um, she was very like good with the money that she did have. Uh, she was really creative with it. It never felt like we were going without. Um, it never felt like 
things might have been tough for them. They were really good at like making my sister and I feel like we had plenty, if that makes sense. So my mom's family consisted of five brothers and sisters when they were growing up. They did not have a ton of money when she was younger. My dad, he had, um, it was him and his two sisters, and they definitely had, you know, more money than, than my mom's family did growing up. So when my mom and my dad were dating in high school, my grandfather, my dad's dad, he used to sneak my dad money, like extra money when he was going out with my mom so they could like go get, you know, groceries for my mom when she was um, like living by herself. I guess this was like just after high school when she graduated, she got an apartment. They would, you know, they would go buy like a couple um, like packages of chicken or whatever. And then, you know, they'd cook one and have like their dinner date at the house at the apartment. And then, you know, she would have some extra food for, for the week. Um, he was always, you know, when she would go over to my dad's parents' house for dinner, they would always cook like huge steaks. And she was used to splitting like a steak with some of her siblings. And when she would go over to my dad's house for dinner, they would each get, you know, their own individual, like huge steak and she always tells the story like how the first time she went over there, she just couldn't believe it was like the size of her face and she couldn't believe that it was all like for her. It's just one of those stories that have been, it's been told many, many times throughout the years, like with me growing up and, you know, to me and my sister. And I think, you know, the way that they both grew up shaped, you know, their mindsets, shaped the, those experiences, shaped how they felt about money, abundance, time, everything, right? Even when my dad ended up, you know, after they got married, they had us and years have gone by at this point, even when he moved up in the company that he was working for and was making, you know, like multiple six figures a year, my mom still had a budget. She still has a budget like right now to this day, she still has a budget and she sticks to that. She's very good at putting money away. Um, she, you know, even at that point when we were in high school, um, we were, you know, out of the weeds, right? We were like over these like tough times. She would still tell us no at the store sometimes if we wanted something. Um, they were not frivolous spenders by any means. So giving you guys this, you know, a little bit of background about like my parents and how we grew up, all of this to say, you know, how your parents grew up and how you grew up is what is going to shape your mentality around scarcity. Most of our parents, I think it's safe to say they did their best and we can't fault them for that. Uh, we learned language from them. We learned how to act in certain situations from them. We learned how to eat with a fork and a knife. You know, it only makes sense that we were passed on these thoughts and these beliefs around scarcity as well. Okay, so what is scarcity? It is basically the feeling or the knowing that there isn't enough. So isn't enough of what? So there isn't enough money, time, sales, food, inventory, jobs, um, pretty much anything. The list goes on and on and on, right? Most of us deal with a scarcity mindset issue, whether we feel like it's, you know, um, the selling platforms that we're putting our inventory on. Um, maybe they have too much competition. Um, there's not enough inventory to go around. Maybe we feel like we don't have enough money available to us to source our cash flow. There's an issue with our cash flow. The one sale that we got over the weekend, maybe they, they canceled on us. Um, and we feel like that one sale canceling is going to break us. Uh, we don't have enough time to do what we need to do every day. These are all, you know, examples of scarcity and how it could be, you know, relating to us as resellers. 
The truth, though, is that the world is abundant. <laughs> the universe is abundant, even though it might not feel like that sometimes. But there is more than enough. Uh, we just have to figure out how to shift our mindsets so we can get that whatever it is we need, more time, more money, um, more space, uh, whatever it is. The first shift really has to come from within inside of you. Um, I will give you an example. So my boyfriend, Brian, is guilty of this all the time. So over, uh, you know, like the last couple of days we were at Home Depot, I guess it was, and we were looking for something and we went to check out and the register, you know, he did like the self-checkout and the register gave him issues that like took the cash that he put in into the machine. And then there was an issue with like dispensing the change. And it was like quite a bit of change. It was like 50 bucks or something. Uh, so the, you know, the lady came over and she's like, oh my gosh, there's an issue. So let me print this for you. And you're going to have to go to customer service. And, you know, Monica over there is going to help you out. Okay. So we went over to the customer service desk. We had to wait, you know, like kind of a annoying amount of time. Um, and then finally Monica was able to help us and gave us, you know, the change. No big deal. On our way out of the store though, he says, it's always something, isn't it? And I'm like, no, it's not. Like this stuff literally never happens to me when I'm by myself ever. It never happens to me. But when little inconveniences like this happen to him. He always says that every single time. And I always say to him when I'm around him and I hear him say that you have to stop saying it because you're, you're basically asking for it to happen again. Like you're allowing it to happen again to you. If you just acknowledge that, okay, yeah, that was a little inconvenient. It was a little annoying. Like don't say anything about it out loud and move on with your day instead of dwelling on it. You know, he lets it he lets it simmer inside of him and become like an aggravation, right? And it just adds to the aggravation in his day. And then another little thing will happen because he can't get over that little micro aggravation, right? Um, and then another thing will happen and another thing. And then before you know it, he's had like a really aggravating, annoying full day of little things like this happening to him. So I always try to tell him, you you can't say that. You're just asking for something like this to happen again. If you just ignore it, don't speak it out loud, just ignore it, release it and move on. These things will stop happening to you so often anyways. Little things do happen to me from time to time, but not nearly as much as it happens to him. So for me, you know, when I, I guess I, it was after college and I sort of started to realize this, like abundance was more of an issue for me. I had to um, make some shifts and actually tell myself that I do have more than enough time. There is more than enough money out there and available to me, um, money specifically. So once I started saying these things and I would actually like say them over and over to myself, like, like in my head consciously, and sometimes even out loud, the more I started to believe it was true. Right. So it's a little bit of like, fake it till you make it. Um, but the more you tell yourself something, the more your subconscious is going to believe it. And then the more that you will actually start to believe it as well. Okay. So some of my favorite things to say, and I've been saying these things to myself for a very long time. I wrote them down for you, like my top few. Um, there is more than enough. I'm healthy, happy, and grateful. I'm always taken care of. My business is thriving and everything always works out. 
I believe that what you put out into the world, you're going to get back. So if you're saying these, you know, abundant, positive things about yourself, your life, your family, your business, you're going to get those things in return. If you think that, you know, there's, I have, you know, $12 in my checking account, there's no way I'm going to make it through the week. How am I going to pay my car payment? Like all of these, you know, like really stressful, um, you know, it's, it comes from a place of scarcity. Like, I just don't know how I'm going to make this happen, et cetera, et cetera. Like that is, you're perpetuating it. You're going to keep it going basically, you know? So I wanted to give you guys a couple of signs that you are operating from scarcity mindset. And this might, um, I might be calling you out a little bit, but if one of these resonates with you, you know, I want you to really think about it and think about how you can change that for yourself. So number one, you get really upset if a buyer cancels a sale or opens a return. I think this is like the number one thing, right? And it it continues to fester and it bothers you for days. You just can't stop thinking about it, talking about it, telling other people about it. Maybe you post about it on Instagram, you post about it in all these Facebook groups, and you just want that like misery loves company feeling. You want other people to tell you that you are your frustration, your aggravation, your annoyance is valid, and that makes you feel better for a moment. But after you've read all the comments, you probably feel like, uh, I still am annoyed by this, right? It did, it really did nothing to heal the frustration for you. Number two is that you pick up items while you're sourcing out of desperation because you feel like you have to buy something. You can't leave a store empty handed instead of sticking to your sourcing criteria. If you have guidelines set in place for yourself, it's really important to stick to those guidelines. It's okay to leave a store with nothing. It's okay to leave empty handed. It's not a waste of time. You can't feel like it was a waste of time. It just means that there wasn't anything in that store that met your standards for your business that day. Number three is that you feel like you're constantly chasing sales. I think we've all felt this feeling before. Um, you're constantly like trying to do something to generate some kind of business in your on your platforms that you're selling on. So buyers can smell the desperation on you <laughs> if you haven't made a sale for a while. And I think a lot of it's a lot more common, I think, on Poshmark than other platforms. But you know how you get those bundle messages like, hey, girly, I'm doing a 10% off my entire closet sale this, you know, this weekend. Feel free to add like 100 items to your bundle and I'll send you an offer. Uh, no one's going to do that, right? Like we see those when we get them, it's annoying and we feel like it's spammy. So why, why do we do that? Like other people feel the same way about it, right? It might work here and there. It might get you a sale here, a sale there, but it's not a good strategy for long-term success. All right. Number four is that you're too afraid to step outside your comfort zone in fear that it won't work out. You're too afraid to try something new because uh, what you're doing has maybe been working. Maybe it's not really working out that well for you right now, but it's what's comfortable and you're familiar with it. And you're too afraid that if you step outside that, that comfort zone, that maybe things will get a little bit worse and you won't know how to handle that. And number five is a fear of change. So this kind of goes like back into number four. It's, you know, I, no one really loves change, right? It's uncomfortable because again, we're stepping outside that comfort zone. But if you never change anything in your life or in your business, you are going to end up stagnant and you're going to end up stuck. 
So that feeling of being stuck can also lead to frustration and burnouts. And it maybe feels like your business isn't really working out anymore. And you're potentially even thinking about not being a reseller, you know? What I can say is that focusing, instead of focusing on short-term gains, so back to the example of sending out like hundreds and hundreds of bundle messages with like the wording of like your 10% off sale or whatever on Poshmark, instead of thinking about short-term gains, we need to switch our way of thinking to more of a long-term focus. What this would look like is providing great customer service to people that purchase from us and our existing customer base, uh, building meaningful relationships with those people, and also building relationships, meaningful relationships with people that can help us source inventory. So maybe that's, you know, the people at your thrift store that work there, um, employees at your local Walmart or um, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, wherever you're sourcing your inventory from, right? So shifting your mindset to more of a long-term strategy is ultimately going to lead to an abundance of business flowing to us. So I have another example for you from like real life Ashley Stories vault, right? Uh, When I worked in the car business at the Subaru dealership, we were required to do a certain amount of training, these like sales training videos every week in order to get paid, (laughs) which really sucked, but um, it was what they're you know, what the the thing was, what the deal was. And the training that we had to do was this Grant Cardone sales training. Now, if you've ever heard of Grant Cardone, if you've ever watched any of his videos, he's, he's a character. He's definitely a character. Uh, I, none of us could really believe that our owners, the owners of the company wanted us to implement his selling strategies on our Subaru customers sales tactics like this very well. As a matter of fact, they would be very turned off by them and um, they would let you know that. (laughs) Uh, So it wasn't an option to not do them. We had to do them. And there were a couple of like little things that I picked up from doing these sales trainings from him over the course of like many years. The biggest takeaway that I got from listening to him go on and on about his strategies were that he would always have a pipeline full. So if one sale fell through, it wasn't the end of the world for him, right? If one client didn't show up for a meeting, or even if two clients didn't show up for a meeting, it wasn't going to break, like make or break his week, you know what I mean? Or even his month. He had his pipeline so full of deals and sales calls and uh, meetings and, you know, potential buyers, right? It was always so full that if one thing or two things fell through, it really wouldn't affect him in a, ne- in a negative way. I hope that makes sense. His whole thing is like 10x, right? And I know you've all probably heard about this but, and it's a little bit cheesy, right? But if you're going to do, you know, a certain amount of calls, you want to 10x the, that amount of calls, right? So if you're going to do 10 calls, you're going to 10x that. and you're going to do a hundred instead. So that might not be, you know, completely realistic for all of us. Uh, I think the the whole idea of it makes sense though. If you're doing more than enough instead of just barely enough or, um, just enough to get by, right. If we do more than enough, an abundance of 
things every day. So uh, sourcing more than we think that we need, um, doing more listings than we know that we need to get up, right? So maybe we've consistently been doing 10 listings a day instead of just being okay with doing 10 listings a day. Let's step that up and do like 15 a day instead, right? Just going above and beyond. And that is going to help to fill up your pipeline with more opportunities so that if one person cancels a sale, it's not going to be the end of the world for you. You're not going to feel the need to post about it in all of the Facebook groups complaining about how this buyer, you know, um, canceled the sale and it's so unfair and this and that, whatever. Trying new things, of course, is something that people who are operating from abundance do all the time. So they're always trying new things. So maybe if, you know, you're an eBay only seller or a Poshmark only seller or an Amazon only seller and you're feeling like it's just something's just not working, right? So maybe add one of those other platforms, try something new, get your feet wet, just try something new. And you're going to find that it sort of reinvigorates you because more often than not, if you start out on a new platform, you're going to have some success probably like within the first few days or the first week or two, right? That success, that feeling of success can snowball and then make you want to do more in your business, which is ultimately going to even, you know, which will ultimately lead to more success, right? Another good strategy that I use personally is to ask myself, how can I serve more people or how can I solve bigger or more problems for other people? Um, there's a ton of value and a ton of abundance in the answers to those questions. So if you're in a place where, you know, you feel like you're stuck, um, your business isn't really going anywhere. If you ask yourself those questions and see what answers come up for you, and you implement those, I bet you're going to find that things shift a little bit. Ultimately, there is a lot more that I could say on this topic. Um, I've had so many instances throughout my life where scarcity has played a big role in decisions that I've made, um, where abundance has played a big role in decisions that I've made, and how looking at the differences of how these things have worked out, these situations have worked out, 10 times out of 10, coming from a place of abundance has worked out much better for me. And it's not, you know, it's not easy and it's not an overnight change that you can make. But if you start to implement some of the strategies that I gave you guys to, you know, tell yourself like, everything always works out for me. Uh, there's more than enough available to me at any given time. You're going to start to see things shift. And I know that that might sound a little woo-woo, but um, I'm living proof of that. It's worked for me in my own life. It's worked for many of my friends in their lives as well. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit different. Um, I hope that you like the mindset episodes as well. If you have an example of how operating from a place of abundance has helped something in your life, changed something in your life. If you have an example of how you know a scarcity mindset has affected your life or your business, I would love to hear those examples. So if you're watching on YouTube, put them in the comments. And if you are listening to the podcast, uh, feel free to DM us or let us know on Instagram. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day check.